cake, pat a cake, baker's man. Bake me a pie as fast as you can. Roll it and pinch it and mark it with the D. And put it in the oven for Daddy and me. Pat a cake, pat a cake, Grandma dear. Bake me some cookies whenever you're here. Roll 'em and cut 'em and mark 'em with the J. And put 'em in the oven for Joseph today. This is Jeff Young, the Catholic Foodie at CatholicFoodie.com, and you're listening to episode 40 of the Catholic Foodie: Music at the Table. That's right, folks. If you、uh, heard that song right there in the beginning of the show, it it featured a child, a child. And today we're going to talk about children and the table. We've got a special guest with us today,、uh, Kate Deniluk. She's going to be with us, and、uh, I'm so excited about this. I, I can't begin to tell you.、Uh, she's fantastic, and the work she's doing is absolutely amazing. And it fits in so well with our our theme here of food and faith and family. Uh, at the Catholic Foodie, so I'm so glad that you're here, that you're joining us today, and、uh, oh boy, you're in for a treat! I just can't wait. Here at the Catholic Foodie, where food meets faith. I'd like the chef salad, please, with the oil and vinegar on the side, and the apple pie a la mode. Chef and apple a la mode. But I'd like the pie heated, and I don't want the ice cream on top. I want it on the side, and I like strawberry instead of vanilla. If you have it, if not, then no ice cream, just whipped cream. But only if it's real. If it's out of the can, then nothing. Not even the pie. No, just the pie, but then not heated. Uh huh. I'll have what she's having. Well, we've got some fantastic stuff on the menu today, and you know it's all about kids, and kids are hysterical. They're so funny. And I mean, my kids. Oh my goodness! I think back to some of the things they used to say or do as as small children. I mean, mine.、Uh, you may remember are、um, ages seven, eight, and ten. And I always have to stop and think about that, you know, because halfway through the year, they're like seven, eight, nine, or、uh, six, seven, eight, or <laughs> it's, it's, a, it's like stepping stones. Someone once referred to them as Catholic twins. Uh, we had three in diapers at a young age, and goodness gracious, that was,、uh, ooh, that was tough. But the good thing about that, having them so close together, is that they do everything together.、Uh, whether it's、uh, school, they're very close in age for school, close in grade, or、uh, events, activities that they do outside the home, because、uh, we do homeschool.、Uh, they play soccer together, so they're all there at the same time, basically same. Age groups,、uh, they the, the girls do dancing or gymnastics, and so everything is like together, which is very very helpful. We're not running all over the roads at、uh, you know in different directions with kids,、uh, but <laughs> I never forget my、uh, my son Christopher. When he was a child, he couldn't say his name correctly.、Uh, he was just learning to speak, and Christopher is a pretty big word, so he would call himself Dofofo. So Dofofo was his.、Uh, His given name, and when Annabelle came along right after him, about seventeen months later, he couldn't say Annabelle either, <laughs> so he called her Eyeball. <laughs> so we had Dofofo and Eyeball as children, and then Grace. Oh my! I mean, she's just、uh, she's unbelievable. She's a character, and I'll have to tell you some stories about her a little bit later. First, I want to tell you something that、uh, Deacon Tom Fox of、uh, the Deacon Moment, first of all, on Catholic Moments podcast, and also. 
his new Catholic Vitamins podcast. He has something to say to us. Uh, he just sent an email in uh, yesterday about uh, children and food, children at the table. And this is what he had to say. He says, Hi, Jeff. Blessings and renewed caring for you, your family, and your work. I've got two stories for you. Here's the first one. A long time ago, I was in the computer industry, and our job took us to Kansas, where we brought or we bought a wonderful, nearly 100-year-old big home. It had a breakfast eating area, which we enjoyed so much. We ate most of our meals there. One time, and I don't know what it was that prompted me to pull up the large heat floor grate to dust and vacuum underneath, but I, I did. And imagine my great surprise to find dried out vegetables, vitamins, and other things which must have fallen <laughs> from the table right by where the kids sat. Hmm. You don't think? No, couldn't be. We used to be the sort of family where you said, you sit there until you finished your vegetables, and that's it. Who knew that the floor was so hungry? <laughs> <laughs> and the second thing he had to say was this. He says, another short story. I remember talking our daughter to our daughter Barbara or talking her into eating vegetables that she had looked at and didn't want to eat. She picked up and took a bite and immediately spit it out, saying, I can't like this, Daddy. <laughs> That's very hard to keep from smiling, he says. Blessings, smiles, deek. Uh, Deacon Tom often goes by Deke. So uh, thank you so much, Deke. I really appreciate that. Those stories are so familiar uh, from my childhood. I mean, we too. I I came from a family that said, you know, you sit there and eat your vegetables till you're done. And I remember distinctly, specifically, one night sitting at the table for probably three hours. My parents wouldn't budge. I wouldn't budge. And it was all over green beans, and I refused to eat them. Uh, I remember the horror of that, but I guess what I did is I blocked out how it ended. I just completely blocked that out. I don't remember, but uh, I, I do know that my parents were very reluctant after that to say, okay, you sit there until you finish your vegetables. So perhaps in the end, I kind of won out there. Now, my children are now in a family, our family, and we have never had these kind of problems, really. I mean, we've never had them until recently. Uh, as I said, my kids are uh, 7, 8, and 10, and they have been incredible eaters from day one. And it, it may be due, due to the fact that we have always uh, cooked for them. I mean, it's, I mean, we do eat out, uh, and if, it, typically if we eat out, it's at a... Um, you know, it's, it's at a, a, a real restaurant where you sit down to eat or you, you can maybe take out uh, food from there. But it's typically not fast food. We really have not been fast food eaters uh, since we've had children. And so they're not really used to that. But, uh, you know, they have had things like lobster and crawfish and oysters and uh, frog legs and all these incredible things that you would never think kids would eat. All kind of vegetables. Never been picky. And uh, sometimes I reflect on that, on that, and I think, oh my goodness, I, we're so different. I'll, I'll meet people out who say, you know, my kids, they, they, they just, they don't want to eat, or I may have made a comment about, oh, last week we went out to such and such a place, and we had raw oysters, and uh, man, Christopher just loves those, and they look at me 
like I'm from Mars. <laughs> They're saying, your son eats raw oysters? I'm like, yeah. He's been eating them since he was three. I mean, what's the big deal about that? They're like, oh, my goodness, can you come teach our children how to eat? Well, I don't know if I can. I, I, I can't say that I'm an expert. I can just say that we really haven't had that much of a problem until recently. All of a sudden, I'd say in the last uh, year or two, my son has has gotten to where he doesn't want to eat salad. And he eats many other vegetables. And he likes vegetables typically raw. Like he'll love, he'll eat raw red peppers, but he doesn't like red bell peppers cooked. Doesn't like them in, in stuff. Uh, he also just doesn't like salad anymore. Uh, yet when we force him to, he does, and I say force, we say basically you got to eat this, and if when you eat this you can have some more meat, <laughs> then he'll, he'll eat it, you know. And uh, if it has Parmesan cheese in it, he will eat it without complaining. It's amazing. So um, our girls, believe it or not, just recently – I'd say in the last year, have started to turn their nose up to beans. And, uh, you know, at, at the risk of maybe turning someone off here, uh, it's really not due to the taste. They have gotten to an age where they they understand what beans can do to you. And when they're out in public, they just don't want that to happen. You know, seven and eight, I guess they're starting to get to that, that age. Uh, so it's not the taste. And they tell me that all the time. Dad, your beans are delicious. I just don't want to eat them. <laughs> and they're in dancing and, and gymnastics, and I, say, I, I guess that's kind of a, uh, a deterrent for them uh, for eating my, my beans. But anyway, we are so blessed today to have a guest with us, Kate Daniluk. And I am pronouncing your name correctly, huh, Kate, your last name? Yes, you are. Daniluk, oh, just like it's spelled. Fantastic. Well, I oftentimes mispronounce names, so I'm glad, I'm glad I got it right. Well, welcome so much to the show. Thanks. Thanks for having me here. Now, I know that uh, uh, you have, uh, you're very involved, uh, of course, with, with children because you homeschool. Uh, you also have a ministry that you're involved in, Making Music, Praying Twice. And many of our listeners may not have ever heard of that or, or heard of you. So would you mind just spending a minute or two um, introducing yourself to us? Sure. Um, well, as you said, I'm Kate Daniluk. I am the mother of four, and we're homes- a homeschooling family. My uh, wonderful husband and I celebrated our 12th anniversary this year. Ooh, congratulations. And, uh, we have a- Thank you. I met him out in the missions in New Mexico on the eastern Navajo Reservation. And um, after we moved back east, we um, I live up in the northeast in New Jersey, we had uh, our daughter, Anya. She's now 10, followed by Marek, who is um, 6. I have to keep track because I'm in my birthday zone here. <laughs> I have a lot of fall birthdays. Augustine is about to turn 5 in just about a week. And Katya, our little baby, is not yet 2. Um, so we've got them here, and we homeschool them. Um, and then on top of it, my husband and I began a business um, and ministry, Making Music Praying Twice, where we provide training and resources and curriculum for parishes and schools, Catholic schools, to run early childhood music and movement programs, but from a Catholic perspective. So just like children go to you know, little music classes um, all over the country, these are classes that are um, equal to those in their quality of music education, but are designed for that kind of, you know, mommy with the baby or dad with the baby coming together 
um, but they are from a Catholic perspective, so they include prayer, Gregorian chant, and spirituals, and the songs of faith integrated into music and integrated into the child's life and the family life. Um, and we also have a homeschool edition because, of course, you know, we're homeschoolers. We have right, to go there. Right. Oh, absolutely. That, that's, so that's, that's um, uh, our story. That's where we are right now. Well, thank you so much for the introduction. And, uh, you know, uh, recently uh, I received an email from you. I'd say maybe a couple of weeks back I received an email from you offering to submit an article to the Catholic Foodie, which, you know, I've been wanting for a long time to invite people to, you know, to, to submit articles. I can't always uh, come up with all the content. I, I, I teach. I, I believe you know that. I uh, also teach in a, in a high school, which is a, a very busy kind of profession. Uh, lots of planning, lots of grading, that kind of stuff. So I can't always submit everything that uh, that I'd like to uh, to the site. I've I've been wanting to invite people in, and as divine providence would have it, you you sent me an email asking if you could submit an article. I was so happy because I had heard your interview on uh, Lisa Hendy's Catholic Moments podcast that was just uh, a month or so ago, maybe a couple months ago, and uh, I was so happy that to to, to get your article. And I posted that on the website. It's um, Music at the Table was the title of it. And uh, could you tell me a bit about what you sent in? Sure. Well, first of all, let me just say I was so excited when I heard through Lisa as well about your program because um, I love music and I love children but I love food. (laughs) And I love to cook. I I even like to go to the grocery store. So, um, I mean, the the television is defaulted to the Food Network at our house. I so love that. When I That's found great. something that combined food um, and the preparation of it with faith in that integrated way, just like we do in our music program, integrating faith throughout your life, throughout your um, education, um, I was so excited. So I really, I had a lot of thoughts. <laughs> and so oh, awesome. I... Um, was talking to you about using an article, uh, writing an article about how we use music in our home and how we recommend to our families and um, and uh, students to use music in their home at the table to encourage kids to stay in their seats because that's kind of rough when the, it depends on the child. But for us, our first couple kids were super active. They they really you know, top the charts on that activity range. And <laughs> to sit down through a meal, that was rough. We were we were focused on sit, sitting through Mass, you know. That oh, was, yeah. Oh, that yeah. was number one. <laughs> um, so to keep a kid in a seat under the age of four, we found to be rough. We couldn't even keep the infant in the baby seat sitting at the dining room table watching us eat that first month without crying and wanting to be picked up. So, oh, my goodness. Um, you know, you have this vision in your head when you have your first kids that you're all going to be around the table having these beautiful family meals, and then you find yourself spending the whole time disciplining and trying to keep them in the seats. So uh, some tricks that we've used in music to help children to focus, and a few other tricks about um, helping them to try a new food or finish their their uh, plate using music as a tool to focus them and distract them a little bit and to integrate music into mealtime because I love when families integrate music throughout their entire day. Right, right. So um, some of the tips that we had were um, basically we went down two kind of 
avenues. One is the keep them in the seats, and the other is the get them to eat. And one way you can really help them to focus is to start your meal with a song. So we always start our meals with a prayer, and I'd never want anyone to give up their um, traditional Catholic grace because I think it's really beautiful that so many of us say the same grace all over the world, all over the country. Um, It's so unifying, and that's one of the beautiful things about being Catholic is that we're part of of something so much bigger, and we're we're in such union and communion with one another. Right. Um, so I would I don't want you to start using other graces just so you can have a song. But there's a few things you can do to to use music as your grace. And when you use music to begin something or to signal the beginning of something, for children it does two things. It gives that routine that helps them to know that this is the beginning of something, and we're about to begin the meal. But it also uh, releases serotonin in their brain. <laughs> oh, really? So that wow. literally, yeah, music releases serotonin in the brain. I didn't know that. So, yeah, that's why it soothes soothes the savage beast. Oh, right? that's great. That. <laughs> so you're literally that's what you need to focus. That's what um, you need to calm down. That's what helps you to sleep. That's what uh, is missing with someone with ADD. You know, <laughs> that oh, serotonin God. is really key. So when you introduce music, children are more able to focus because they are literally being, um, you know, naturally drugged to do so. Right, right. So that I would recommend, if you have very little ones at the table, that you start with the song grace, something like the Johnny Appleseed song, Uh you know, the Lord is good to me, so I thank the Lord for giving me the things I need, the sun and the rain and the apple seed, the Lord is good to me. And follow right up with, bless us, O Lord, and these thy gifts, so they can learn their traditional Catholic grace as well. Oh, that's beautiful. And then my kids, yeah, my kids love to uh, change the words, you know, giving me whatever's on the plate, for giving me the things I need, the chicken and the rice and the fresh green beans, you know, whatever it might be. Um, so that's always fun, too, because changing the words always, you know, excites kids. It's, it makes it seem more real and makes it seem so about their life. But the other option you can always do is take traditional grace and just sing it in a chant-like way. So oh, I mean, yeah. you just make something up. So you could just say, um, Bless us, O Lord, and these are gifts which we are about to receive. From thy bounty through Christ our Lord. Amen. Oh, wow. And start your Start your meal that way. And then you're bringing in our Catholic heritage of chant. Absolutely. And you're also, you know, Absolutely. teaching that, that real prayer, that Catholic prayer. I was about to say that sounds and so focusing. Catholic. <laughs> it does. <laughs> it's so Catholic. It's beautiful. Well, thanks. But well, I didn't. You know, thank Pope Gregory. <laughs> that's right. That's right. <laughs> well, that that's. I mean, that's. It's 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 amazing, and I love the article you put on uh, on CatholicFoodie.com. dot com, and uh, it, it's the the grace before meals. I know for us and for so many families, uh, it's such an important part of the meal. I mean, our kids, you know, if if for whatever reason, just being hectic and the schedule's crazy, and you know, we're in a rush, and uh, we start to uh, maybe eat a, you know, a few bites before praying, our children are quick to say, hey, 
we got to pray, you know? And vice versa. They do that sometimes, and we have to say, hey, hey, wait a minute, we got to pray. But it's, it's, a, it's such a, uh, a real part of our life and of our meals. Uh, but what, just a curious question here, what, what would you do in, say, like a, a restaurant? Well, if you are uncomfortable, I mean, I sing and dance in the grocery aisle. I got to tell you, <laughs> I'm not shy. <laughs> that was- and if I do feel shy, I think this is what's best for my kids. And there are cultures in this world where people don't don't worry about who's watching when they sing and dance. It's just part of life. Right. Um, in our culture, we're extremely self-conscious, and it's one of the problems in um, in music development in our society is that our our culture is really passive. Everything's perfect and packaged and produced and fixed with computers and put out to you in a package and you just take it in instead of interacting with music Um, and with probably a lot of other important elements of our life as well. So um, it's really important to me to break free of some of that and to be out there with it. If you would rather just say a simple grace before meals at a restaurant and not sing at that time, but, but, you know, your kids might rebel. A a three-year-old who's used to doing it this way every night um, is going to want the same type of grace. And that music does literally help them to focus. Although restaurants, you know, do provide a lot of distraction. Um, even my daughter, who was so active, we couldn't, you know, keep her bottom in the seat when she was three at home. <laughs> she would sit in a restaurant because there was so much to see, and she really loved the novelty of it, so she oh, yeah. would never misbehave for fear she wouldn't be able to return. Um, but... Um, you know, it's important, I think, that we witness to saying grace before meals at restaurants as well. I, it took, I remember we used to not do that. We used to only say grace at home. Um, and I did, you know, was, I was challenged on that once by another, uh, another faithful family who said how important it was for them to do that and to witness to um, our faith while we're at a restaurant. That's part of, of having a meal, and it shouldn't be different because we're out. And uh, we've been really conscious about doing that. And once you do it, it's not that hard to get over. You know, (laughs) it's really, I mean, think of how you would feel if you saw a neighboring family say grace before their meal. It it doesn't bother anybody. And as a matter of fact, I think it does encourage others to stop and think about why we say grace before meals and why we should continue to no matter where we are. Right, right. I mean, I I know that for us, we're not afraid. You know, we, we pray out in public, uh, at, at a restaurant, all the time, uh, we wouldn't think twice about it. Now, there was a time, like like you said, there was a time for me personally where I would not feel comfortable doing that, and I, I can't remember now whether that was something that happened while I was married with a with a family, uh, but now we wouldn't think twice. It's like you got to pray. You know, you have to pray uh, and ask God to bless you and your and your meal. Uh, so we oftentimes, I think, as you mentioned already, it's, it's a witness to other people. Uh, I have actually been out with people who don't do this, and I, I would stop them before we we began to eat and say, "Well, should we go ahead and pray a blessing?" And you know, they're like, "Okay, you know." So it, it is that kind of a, a a witness, and at the same time, you're acknowledging God's gifts. And uh, his presence, and uh, and asking him just to to bless you and and the food. It's a wonderful thing, right? And it really is something. I, this is an incredible story. A young mother 
um, one of my students was talking to me about uh, about this issue, and she told me that when her son was a newborn child, before breastfeeding, she would stop and say grace. And oh, I wow. never considered that. <laughs> but he, it really, it's something, what, you know? Yeah. And she said she would just stop before, before they would get started. She would just make the sign of the cross, say, bless us, O Lord, and these thy gifts. And then he would feed. Oh and he goodness. is a stickler for saying grace, I got to tell you. Oh, wow, I imagine so. <laughs> yeah. But really, that's what it's about. It's about thanking God for the nourishment he provides. And what a, you know, a, why not thank him for one of the most beautiful ways he's given us to, to nourish each other and through oh, a mother wow. feeding her child. You know? That's incredible. So, uh, I'll have to remember yeah, that. I thought that was a great idea. <laughs> Well, you know, once once you uh, you ask God to bless you and to bless uh, the family and the meal, uh, what happens when you have a child who is just? Uh, I guess the most common word is just picky. They, they they're obstinate about eating certain things. Like you know, my children never were like that until recently, but uh, you know now they are. What what would you suggest as far as helping them to um, uh, well to to eat more? Open the palate, open the mind. Um, You know, I'll tell you, I can talk from my own experience. Um, Out of my four kids, three of them are good eaters. And by good eaters, I mean they'll eat a variety of things. They're open to trying new things. And they like most foods. Um, They, you know, don't expect their pasta sauce to be the exact same way mommy makes it every single time. And part of that might be that I never make it the same way twice, but um, I think that does actually help a little bit. But um, I do have one picky eater who is a genuine picky eater. He had some um, physical problems where his hearing was impaired as an infant, and as a result of one of his senses being cut off all of a sudden, he developed um, sensory integration disorder, which basically is the nervous system not being able to handle or process the input from the senses properly. It could, it could mean a lot of different things to a lot of different kids, but for him, one of the big issues was food. Mm-hmm. And the food textures, uh, several food textures really turned him off. He got very specific into certain foods that he would eat, um, certain you know, milk at a certain temperature, very, very picky, and he would let himself go hungry. Oh, wow. Uh, if, yeah, we couldn't just starve him out of it. Um, and he was only two, and he had all these other challenges to overcome, so we really didn't want to compromise his nourishment. Um, and we had to give him all kinds of vitamins. But he was very, very picky, and for good reason, but um, we had to deal with that. And, I mean, really, for a while there, it was cold cereal and McDonald's chicken nuggets, where I was <laughs> picking him up McDonald's. It had to be McDonald's. It couldn't be any other place. Um, and he's two, you know, oh my two-year-olds goodness. should eat everything. <laughs> so um, we slowly dealt with that. He First of all, he got his ears fixed and um, tubes put in his ears and his hearing was corrected and some of those issues started to go away. But what was left behind were the bad habits of being a picky eater. Um, and, and we were having a little bit of that rub off on the younger kids um, where, who otherwise were generally not picky eaters, but you know, we're sort of following the example of, hmm, why won't he eat the green parts? Maybe I shouldn't eat the green parts, you know, right, of right. the stew. So um, part of what we did is we looked at, first of all, I never cooked anything special 
uh, since that original time where I had to run out and get him the special chicken oh, nuggets. Gosh. But um, in general, we cook our food for what I like, for what my husband likes, um, and we expect the kids to grow to that. They are part of our family. Our world doesn't revolve around their whims and, and desires. Right. Certainly, if I'm asking what kind of sandwich do you want, what kind of cereal do you want, they get to make some choices. But um, they have to they have to work their you know preferences or idiosyncrasies around what's being served. Um, and we also cook a real variety of foods. We've introduced so many different flavors from all over the world, and I think that helps as well. But one trick that my daughter found, and this is, again, going back to the music element, his older sister, we were really trying, she was really trying to help us. We were all trying to get him to taste something that we knew he would like if he would taste it. But he really was so afraid of tasting something that, might, that he might really end up hating. Um, and it was a hard year getting him to realize that he wasn't as picky as he thought he was. So we're trying to get him to taste this food, and that was the only requirement, taste it. If you don't like it, that's okay. I'm not going to make you anything special, but you don't have to eat it. But you do have to taste it. And um, we thought, what are we going to do? And suddenly she just started saying, where's the chicken? Where's the chicken? Here I am. And she has a little puppet fork going with the chicken on it, like the chicken's talking to him. How are you today, sir? Very well, I thank you. Eat it up. And she pops it in his mouth and he eats it right up. Oh and he goes, goodness. more like that. Wow. So we had to do that the rest of the night <laughs> with everybody. <laughs> but it has been the greatest trick because they're distracted from the idea of this battle of wills over the chicken and the worry that they're not going to like it. Because they really are worried, I think, right. that they're going to hate it. They don't want to taste something yucky. They don't want oh, something God. feeling mushy in their mouth or whatever it might be. And I'll, I'll tell you, my other kids, again, eat, you were saying about the, the raw oysters earlier, the other day, I had to tell my four-year-old to stop eating all the clams, you know. Mm-hmm. We're, and these aren't clam strips. These are, you know, steamers with a nice little broth. And yeah. I just can't, you know, you have to stop. Those are for the grown-ups. <laughs> Grandma wasn't planning on you eating right. all the clams. Um, Which is funny so, because you know, we've, we've been invited places where... You know, they prepare one dish for the adults, and then they prepare something for the mm. for the children. And guess what? Our children go for. You know, they want what, the adult we, food. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We've had the same thing. My daughter, um, she wants the kids' menu because they come with all the bells and whistles, but um, or maybe the, the you know the drink laden with sugar. But she <laughs> really doesn't want the food on the kids' menu, and she keeps right. trying to get them to substitute. Well, can't do I have to have that burger with American cheese? Can I have the patty melt with you know Munster or something? <laughs> so, um, yeah, I, we have had that same issue too, and and with our other other kids. Except the kids menu, it has been a, a lifesaver for our one picky eater, who of course wants the chicken strips everywhere he goes. Right. But he's starting to grow beyond that as well, where mom's homemade lasagna really is better than the the kitty stuff, you know, and. Uh, yeah, we've seen that same exact thing where the separate kids bar doesn't always appeal to our kids because they it's not as good. I mean, do you prefer it? Oh, no. It's not as good. <laughs> yeah. Right, so there's been a definite progression, so, yeah. Yeah. But I think there is something to be said for um, in just letting them eat those big people foods. You know, one little thing we found, and I don't know if you found this at all with your kids, but I have seen other mothers confirm this with me. Um, 
my kids who didn't really care for baby food very much Mm -hmm. and really kind of left that behind and started it up a little later with the table food, they're better eaters. You know, my, my one guy who's my difficult eater, he really liked his baby food. He liked that smooth, creamy, bland texture, you know, bland flavor and, and, and creamy texture. And um, it was hard to get him moving forward um, into real food a little bit, where, you know, his younger brother, I, I'm kind of ashamed to say this as a mother, but his first solid food was ham and bean soup, um, which just goes against everything the doctors will tell you to do. Um, <laughs> you're probably supposed to test for allergies. and It's probably not the most easy to digest food, right, like right. loaded with garlic and onions and peppers. and It's all good you know, stuff. It's all good stuff. <laughs> yeah, beans and ham, you know. But he, he ate it right up, and he oh, is wow. an excellent eater. And so everything from sushi to um, oh, you know, yeah. ratatouille, they just love it. Uh, we were a big sushi yeah. fan, so... <laughs> I didn't yeah, mean there's no you. aversion if you're used to it, or if you're used to trying new things. So sometimes they'll say, is that the way you usually make it? You know, if they think I'm doing something different, and I'll think, usually make it. We we do something different almost every night. So right, right. I don't cook from a recipe, and I think that helps too, because some children will get a, a feeling like, this is what lasagna is, what mommy makes every Friday night. Right. And then when it's different at a restaurant or at someone else's house or somebody makes a veggie version or a version with sausage, um, suddenly they don't like it anymore. Right. Or they don't, you know, they won't taste it. But if lasagna is different every time they taste it, then they have more open ideas to what it could be. That's awesome. I never thought of that. That's great. Yeah. And and that's one of the blessings. Yeah. Yeah, I really think that's helped. And the and the idea of a little bit of fusion cooking. If you explore which you can do so easily now between the internet and the television shows and if you explore cooking from other cultures and even if you don't want to make a whole curry, but you use some of those flavors. Like I mm-hmm. I love to use garam masala as a as a marinating agent for meats before they go on the grill. Um, my kids love oh it's great on fish. Ooh. My kids love that little little garam masala in the in a flour dredge and mm. and saute the fish off and they just love it and even my picky eater he'll eat almost any fish any seafood at this point mm. but actually mm. what we did is we got him we knew he liked those crispy chicken nuggets and we slowly started I said I'll make you some homemade ones and he started getting past it he was having to be from McDonald's right. so we knew we were Good. ready to move on <laughs> and I made him some homemade fried chicken nuggets and then he ate those a couple of times and I didn't make that every day I just you know now and then if that was something I felt like making I, I made a point of it to him see you like this and then we started pan frying just in a light flour dredge just a pan saute and then we did a little broil you know, a little under the broiler, a little crisp on top. And he just started to realize that he liked the flavor of the chicken, right, not right, just the right. crispy breading. That's awesome. And now you can get him to eat any meat, any meat whatsoever. Fantastic. Well, I, I was glad, too, to hear you talk about curry because last week we had a huge curry week. <laughs> I made so many things with curry. Uh, the kids loved it. Uh, my wife loved it. It was a special treat for her, actually. She loves curry. 
but we got to the end of the week and it was like, okay, that's enough for now. Well, <laughs> we'll come back to curry in a <laughs> little you, while, you know. Unless you grow up having it every day, I guess. That's right. You can't have it all the time. Now, yeah. you had mentioned, we've talked about, uh, the, you know, trying to get kids to eat and trying to get them to eat, uh, eat well. Uh, but what happens, like, for my family, uh, one of the things we deal with now, and I guess we've dealt with it over and over again, um, uh, for for years, I mean, as our kids get older, they get more active, and uh, I often tell people, you know, I've got three children, but when they're in motion, it seems like six, and the the, the key to that mm-hmm. is that they're always in motion. And how do you keep the children in their seats? I mean, do you have any suggestions on how to kind of keep them <laughs> there with the family? Well, I think what you need to do is. Um as they, and your children are a little older too. Mine are still, you know, my oldest is is ten, which is about your top range as well. But my right. littlest is not yet two, oh, and wow. actually she's the best at sitting at the table out of all the kids that we've had so far. And you know, I had a mom of seven once tell me when I when my oldest three were real little, and I said, "Boy, these family dinners, I'm really trying, but it's more like a chaos," you know. <laughs> and she said you know, it does get more peaceful. She said, actually, with seven kids, we have a much more peaceful family dinner than we ever did with three. Because we have these big kids setting the example of sitting at the table. So the little ones are kind of joining into the community more instead of trying to rule the roost. But what I would recommend to bring that sense of community back is that's a great time to use music again, to refocus, to bring them in, you can make up little songs about the food. You can make up little games about them. If we're saying we're going to finish up the, our green beans now before we move on, you know, um, we can do uh, in our article. We recommend a couple little tunes, um, you know, one little, two little, three little green beans, and you can count all the green beans. And every time you eat one, you change the song that you take out that green bean and one little, two little. <laughs> Two little green beans left for me, you know, and keep going till you finish up. And they're focused because you're working together. Basically, when they're real little, they can't just sit there and listen to mom and dad talk, and they they have a harder time maybe communicating a whole story and thinking about eating their food. So if we use music to talk and games to talk about eating our food a little bit more, um, sometimes it helps. Of course, we don't want to shove food down a child's throat who isn't hungry anymore, you know. Or genuinely, if they genuinely dislike green beans, I don't recommend forcing it. I, I think you really create food issues if you if you really force a child. Um, but I think you can really encourage with the music, and the kids who are participating feel more like a part of the game. And that it's just amazing when you start singing how much the little children focus in mm. and become a part and be still and still themselves. Or they might dance a little. I, I mean, my one daughter, we just needed to let her stand while she ate. Just push the chair aside and stand at the table. <laughs> she was just so active. So active. Um, she just had such an active personality. But, um, it, you know, then she sat down and she kept herself in a seat at a restaurant. But we sometimes let her stand up. But bringing back to the music, we also do like a rhythm jam. We talk about that in the article as well. Now, my husband is a percussionist, so mm, <laughs> we have a helps. propensity toward that. <laughs> but usually, in our case, Dad, but it could be anyone. We'll start, you know, drumming a simple beat on the table, 
with his hands or with his fork, but you've got glasses and plates and mm-hmm. forks and spoons and, you know, hopefully maybe not the knives today, you know. You've got plasticware <laughs> for the little ones and all these different things to experiment with. As long as everyone's careful and, you know, not breaking something, it can be so much fun where you just slowly build up everyone adding into the rhythm with a different idea. And it, it just keeps, again, everyone's focused back to the table and not just to the table but to the community wow. because we're doing something together musically as a community, which is why we're here at the table. Right. To be a family. Absolutely. Yeah. So it distracts a little from the eating for a minute, but it refocuses us back to the family around the table. And being there. Wow. I mean, that's it's a it's an incredible idea. I love it. My children are big singers, uh, seven, eight, ten, and uh, for about four or five years now, they've been in children's choir. Now they took a year off last year, I believe, uh, and the girls are back in this year, but my son is not. Um, but they've, they've always been big singers and my kids, you can hear them. They sing all the time. They have, um, binders of music from, uh, children's choir at church and they will pull them out just for fun. They'll pull them out during the day or in the, in the evening and sit there and sing songs over and over and over again, which is wonderful. And I, I'm, I'm now that I'm talking to you, I'm ashamed to say that there have been times at the table where we, we've said, Hey, no singing. Cut it out. <laughs> it's too noisy. It's too, it's, it's too distracting. We're, we're trying to have a conversation at the table, and y'all are you know, making too much noise. But after hearing your perspective and, and uh, how you can kind of rein kids in at the table and, and reunite really as a family around the meal, we've got to think about this. This is great. I love it. Thanks. Well, I think, too, um, there's a difference with one child sort of singing their own thing in a way that's disconnecting and going off into their own world from the group versus everybody's doing that together. True. Um, and true. bringing in that sense of community with music is a little bit, like you said, a different perspective on that. And we've actually had to tell, you know, I've got one guy in particular who starts to showboat a little bit. Starts to, <laughs> literally, the other day he was standing on his chair, he's six years old, and, you know, putting on some sort of Elvis impression for oh us or gosh. something. And I said, you know, listen, this is not appropriate <laughs> for the table. Oh, let's, let's practice some restaurant matters here. <laughs> Uh, well, we've got so, one who is like a uh, a big ham. He's a matter of fact, he's starring right now in a play, Jack and the Beanstalk. And I mean, he uh, what uh, he got in trouble from the director because two nights ago he decided to ad lib a bunch of stuff in the performance. Uh, so he he played a lot of uh, Napoleon Dynamite type stuff in the middle of the uh, of the show. <laughs> I mean, it was hysterical. Oh, he sounds like a perfect match for my marriage. <laughs> he did it perfectly. It all made sense. It all flowed, and everybody, the audience, loved it. They were, it was, you know, a riot. Uh, but it was, it, it kind of threw the other actors for a loop. They're all kind of like, "Well, what do I do with this?" You know. So uh, right, he, and I'm sure he, the he got in trouble for it. <laughs> no, she was not. She was not, but I understand what it's like. Teacher to have Robin a, Williams on your hands. There. Yeah, yeah. I, I pray about that every night. <laughs> 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 but 
Well, look, it has been it has been such a pleasure talking with you, and I I know our time is running out. But uh, are there any last thoughts that you have as far as music? I mean, I know you've got this ministry; it's a wonderful ministry. I have looked through uh, your website, which is what it's makingmusicprayingtwice.com. dot uh, com. You've got lots right. of materials there. Can you just spend a few minutes telling me about what what do you have available? Okay. Well, basically, there's three prongs to our um, to what we do. One is the homeschool curriculum, which allows families, you don't really have to be a homeschooler because it's for children ages zero to eight in the homeschool, to create a sense of those early childhood music and movement classes in the home, but then also to help you integrate our curriculum throughout the day. Um, and basically putting together a, a real music ed curriculum, which is including different tonalities, meters, um, music from all over the world, which as Catholics I think is especially important, music from all of history, uh, you know, the history of music, and um, experiencing that throughout your day in, when the children's brains are young and growing. Because really we make our biggest impressions on our kids and, help, and it can teach them to learn the most in new skill areas like language and music in the first three years of their life. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, from three to five is another important era, and then from five to eight. But those first three years are, are the most critical to introducing the arts and language and maybe even new foods right. <laughs> um, to our children. <laughs> so um, we have the homeschool edition. We have a program for parishes and um, uh, schools if um, they'd like to run their own little uh you know, mom and dad bring the kids in and have little music classes. We really believe it builds community and reaches out into the community um, and offers something special because a lot of kids are going to little uh, music classes and early childhood music classes, and there's wonderful programs out there, but we wanted for our kids something that integrated faith, and we think it's great to have the classes right there at the parish and that parish become more more central to your to your social life as a family. So um, that's another, if anyone wants to have their parish bring that on board, we can help you to to introduce that to them, the idea, and to to work with your parish and bringing a new program on. Um, And then preschools, we have, uh, we're working actually on a customized preschool curriculum just for Catholic schools, but right now we work with preschools and what we call preschool partners to help them bring a really um, heavy-duty early childhood music curriculum, which is based on the liturgical year and um, faith integrated into their uh, existing preschool program. So that's what we do. Wow. That's awesome. That's fantastic. And, you know, I, I will put a, uh, a link, of course, in the show notes to Making Music Praying Twice. Uh, but also I want to invite you, if you have a, um, a graphic, something you can send me via email, I'll, uh, I'll even put a little ad in the... Uh, in the sidebar there on the site, um, anything oh, I can do to help you. help you, happy. yeah, anything I can do to help you uh, uh, succeed in, in the wonderful work that you're doing, I would be very happy to do so. So, thank you again, Kate, so much. I'm so excited that I had you on the show today. Um, it was an absolute Thanks, pleasure. Thank you so much. Thank you. It was great being here, and I I love loved to. Uh, hanging out and talking about food with you. I could talk about it all day. <laughs> <laughs> At some point, we'll have to stop and cook, though. <laughs> oh, that's true. That's true. Speaking of which, I need to start thinking about dinner after Mass. <laughs> but anyway, you uh, you take care, and uh, blessings to your family, and I will talk to you soon. Thanks, Jeff. God bless your work. 
God bless. Bye bye. A little girl sat in a tree, eating lots of blueberries. One by one, she ate with glee. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Well, I am so happy that we had Kate on the show. Thank you so much again, Kate. It was such a pleasure, and、uh, I look forward to talking to you again soon. And God bless you and the work that you are doing. Here's a way you can be creative on a daily basis. Well, how else in your life can you actually create new things every day? And you have to eat. This、mm-hmm. is the thing we all agree on. If you're going to eat three times a day, to the day that you die, why not be good at it? Well, cooking is such a wonderful thing, and I have I have been cooking so much、uh, the last week.、Uh, matter of fact, last night, yesterday, I made a chicken soup that, <laughs> to use the expression, right? It it was it's to die for. It's it was so good, and I'm not saying that just because I made it. I'm not saying that to、uh, to brag, but、uh, I, I'm always surprised. I am always surprised that when I go into the kitchen to cook, that things actually turn out. Good. <laughs> I'm just, I'm so amazed by that. But I think it works that way because I really do enjoy it. I love to cook. I just love to cook. So、uh, I went into the kitchen yesterday and started playing around. I had this whole chicken.、Uh, had a bunch of onions and bell peppers and、uh, carrots and potatoes and some brown rice and. I just kind of threw it all together, and it, it was. Of course, you know we've been sick the last week. I mean, most of our family, Char's been okay. She's she's kind of stayed out of it, but most of us have been feeling pretty rotten the last week. And we thought the other day, it's like, hey, what about a chicken soup? Chicken soup is supposed to be good for you. As a matter of fact, there are scientific studies that show that there's something about chicken soup, something about the combination of the ingredients that actually does help you. Feel better when you are sick. So we thought, okay, that's what we're going to do. And I, I set to work in the kitchen yesterday, and it was just so good. We still have、uh, a bunch left over. Matter of fact, when I get I get done with this show,、uh, I do have to go to mass. We've got mass at five、uh, o'clock this evening, and I've got something going on with confirmation there after mass tonight, the parish. But after that, guess what I'm going to have for dinner? Oh, I'm going to have some chicken soup. It's going to be so good. So anyway. Uh, not a whole lot more here on the show tonight. I want to thank、uh, Deke, Deacon Tom Fox, for、uh, his feedback.、Uh, you can visit Deacon Tom over at CatholicMoments.com. He's got the Deacon Moment over there on the show, and also at his new podcast, which is Catholic Vitamins. You can find that on iTunes. You can also find it over at CatholicVitamins.com. Now, I do want to announce something special. Our good friend Captain Jeff, y'all remember him, right? Well, Captain Jeff has his own podcast now. I, I'm so excited about this.、Uh, you, you may or may not remember me saying that、uh, Captain Jeff is a pilot. He's a commercial pilot, and、uh, he has a podcast now called Catholic Pilot. And I'm, I'm so excited about this. I can't stand it. I mean, it's、uh, he's got two episodes out, and they're fantastic, very entertaining, very enjoyable. I highly recommend them to you. You can find those over at iTunes. You can also go to CatholicPilot.com and you can find them there. But I have a little clip here from the Catholic Pilot that I would like to play for you. Catholic Pilot, 
Episode 1. Hi, I'm Captain Jeff, your host, and you're listening to Catholic Pilot, podcasting on a wing and a prayer. Oh, Captain Jeff, I love that. Podcasting on a wing and a prayer. That is so, that is so awesome. I, I, I just love it, and I can't wait for episode three to come out of Catholic Pilot. Uh, it's really cool. If you don't know this yet, you haven't listened to it, you really need to. But uh, Captain Jeff is a pilot. He winds up kind of all over the place. And uh, so he could be podcasting from basically anywhere. You never know where he's going to be as he pulls out his podcasting equipment and gets to recording. So please go over to CatholicPilot.com and check him out. Or over there at iTunes, Catholic Pilot. And speaking of Captain Jeff, I do have to throw a word in there about sqpngear.com. sqpngear.com. The last two episodes of The Catholic Foodie was about coffee. Uh, I had quite a bit to say about coffee, so it took two episodes to do that. We had a great interview with uh, Campbell Morrison, as a matter of fact, on that first episode, episode 38. And uh, if you haven't listened to that yet, I encourage you to go ahead and go to uh, iTunes and download that. Or you can find it also at catholicfoodie.com and, uh, and take a listen. Uh, it's a great interview. You get to uh, see some of the inside workings of, uh, of a coffee house, a coffee company that roasts its own beans and that is also a very uh, environmentally friendly uh, company, coffee company. It's really good. Uh, please go check that out if you haven't done so already. And uh, so I had two episodes on coffee and I was so excited because on episode 38, I was able to debut on Ustream the new Catholic Foodie coffee mugs. Oh my goodness, I was so excited. I am so excited. I've got one coffee mug at my in my classroom at school, so I get to show it off to my students and other teachers every day. And my wife has one here at the house, and she drinks out of her Catholic Foodie coffee mug every day. And we've got another one here at the house just in case I'm home and not at school, and I need to drink some coffee. I've got it right here. So <laughs> I'm just so excited about that. And, of course, we have the Catholic Foodie aprons and T-shirts. We've got a ladies' T-shirt, by the way. It's new. Uh, we have a ladies-style uh, T-shirt as well, Catholic Foodie. It's uh, it's a beautiful shirt, beautiful aprons, uh, coffee mugs. Please go over to sqpn.com and check those out. Uh, they would probably make good Christmas presents. This is just an early heads up. It's only September going into October, but hey, you know, Christmas is right around the corner, so you might want to think about that. That'd be really, really cool. I also need to mention that uh, you can find the Catholic Foodie in two different places other than CatholicFoodie.com. You can find the Catholic Foodie over at SQPN Connect, which is SQPNConnect.ning, N-I-N-G. Dot ning.com, sqpnconnect.ning.com. Catholic Foodie has a, uh, a group page over there. And of course, uh, me, myself, Jeff Young, I've also, uh, I am there on SQPN Connect. You can friend me over there. That would be an awesome pleasure for me. Uh, you can also find us on Facebook. Uh, we have a Catholic 
Foodie fan page over on Facebook. If you go to catholicfoodie.com, and on the right-hand side of the page, there's a sidebar there. You scroll down a little bit. You're going to see a link to the Catholic Foodie Facebook page. Please join us over there. Uh, I keep you abreast of all kinds of news, upcoming events, all kind of good things that you will probably want to check out. So uh, join us over there, catholicfoodie.com. Look for the Facebook link and join us over at Facebook, Catholic Foodie fan page. Awesome. Can't wait to see you over there. Also, something new in the sidebar over at catholicfoodie.com. Up toward the top of the page, you're going to see a donate button. That's right, a donate button, which is a PayPal uh, uh, button there uh, to donate to the efforts of the Catholic Foodie. Uh, There's a number of things I have coming up that I'm going to need some assistance with. Uh, We've got some extra expenses coming up for the Catholic Foodie, and also uh, we've got a few pieces of equipment that are uh, pretty old and have questionable uh, a questionable lifespan. So there's a few things I do need to upgrade, and uh, I'm looking to my listeners, those of you who uh, maybe really enjoy what you hear here, hear here, <laughs> or, or like what you see over at the Catholic Foodie uh, blog, if you would uh, consider donating just a little bit uh, toward this effort, it would be uh, much appreciated. You know, I used to be a bartender. I was a bartender for about five years of my life. And one of the things I depended on as a bartender was tips. So tips are always welcome. If you want to give the Catholic Foodie a tip for the efforts he puts forth uh, to produce the blog and the podcast, uh, they would be much appreciated. You can find that over at catholicfoodie.com. And if you would like to leave feedback of any nature having to do with what's going on in your kitchen, maybe having to do with uh, questions you may have for the Catholic Foodie or something we've talked about on the show or something we should talk about on the show, please call me and leave a message at 985-635-4974 or email me over at catholicfoodie at gmail.com. I look forward to hearing from you. And until then, bon appetit. SQPN, leading the way in Catholic new media.